To see examples of what we talk about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You know that song. You know this voice. It's your boy, Rook. Joining me, as always, is the man who I really don't want to do another show without. It's Mr. John Moore. Hello, everybody. And the guests today are the masterminds behind Onishi Press and bringing us once again another thrilling adventure with Mr. Guy, Zombie Hunter. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, how are you? JL here. Lindsay here. Thanks for having us on. Ah, thank you guys so much for coming back on, and you guys have been busy, busy. No, I mean, <laughs> not just with Mr. Guy, but all together you guys have been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we set a pretty, uh, I don't know, grueling? Robust. Robust. Robust is a better word. A robust pace for ourselves this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been watching the Instagram. I mean, you guys have been just all kinds of stuff working, uh, but... We're here specifically to talk about Mr. Guy again. What is he up to this time? He is, uh, he got some things happening again, huh? And Mr. Guy's zombie hunting adventures have wrapped up in issue two of the series. But I'm going to let JL talk a little bit more about it. He has written the entire thing, so. Well, oh, geez, I'd rather someone who didn't fine. write it talk about it. But uh, oh. <laughs> here I go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Mr. Guy 1, we see Mr. Guy get introduced to zombies for the first time in a little flashback. There's some cool flashback technology that takes him (laughs) through a memory vortex. Um, And then, you know, we catch up to the actual proper modern day story and we take him. It takes us through one of his adventures in zombie hunting. Um, It's kind of, you know. It's difficult. There's a lot of jokes that he has to be the butt of, and um, we all get to laugh at his expense, and that's a lot of fun. And Mr. Guy, too, he is now really, like, he's like, all right, this is my my curse, is in order to save myself, I have to save the world. I have to stop zombieism for everyone. And he's not thrilled about it, and he wants to get right to the point. So he is looking for the source of zombieism. So he can nip it in the bud and stop, you know, stop the apocalypse. He's just done with it, you know. Um, and so he tries a few different things. There's some, you know, without any spoilers, there are some red herrings. There are some. <laughs> the book is pretty uh, much entirely red herrings. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's really fun. He gets to meet some really cool characters along the way. Um, some that are way cooler than you might think and some that are. Nowhere near as cool as you might think. So, as you might so that, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. So in in Mister Guy issue one, uh, Mister Guy was bitten by a zombie, but instead of dying and then coming back from the dead as a zombie, he was cursed with a sidekick named Spooky who lives in his infected bite wound. Hmm. But the bite wound is not taking over his body. They're cursed to spend as long as it takes together until Mr. Guy dies, at which point he will become a zombie. So 
Turns out that he and Spooky don't get along that well. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. They're not a couple, you know? Yeah, they don't hate each other, but they're not really digging this arrangement. So in order to stop the curse from coming to fruition, they have to cure themselves, which means that they have to figure out what's causing zombies in the first place, get to the bottom of it, and solve the problem for everybody, incidentally. They're really in it mostly for themselves. I feel like... You would probably be better at this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, if Spooky was a Virgo, Mr. Guy would be, like, the epitome of, like, Sagittarius. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely a Sagittarius. So, like, you know, and take that with a grain of salt. We go into all kinds of mythology here. Like, all kinds of mythology is explored throughout, you know, um, Mr. Guy. There's, like, deep dives into... Judeo-Christian lore, there's deep dives into um, voodoo, there's deep dives into like Resident Evil, like science labs you know, like what's the cause of this, what's going on here Um, but you know what, why not throw astrology's hat into the ring, you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd say he's probably a Sagittarius, there could be an argument that he could be a Libra Ah, see I told you she would know better than me I don't know if you guys are into astrology at all. <laughs> I could go on all day. <laughs> yeah, a l- little bit. But that, that, that's more my wife's domain as you see her tarot behind me. Awesome. Is oh, that- is that Jack Skellington? Yeah, yeah. nice. Oh, awesome. oh, oh, yeah, that's all over. Yeah. Yeah. He's the patron saint. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know. This, this makes great... Great audio podcast, but yeah, somewhere back there is actually the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, tarot as well. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. oh awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know that was Great. a deck. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, she pre-ordered it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting on Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah, which card do we put that on? <laughs> so, uh, how did you prepare for, for diving into these different... Uh, Mythos uh, with Mr. Guy. Did you do? Did you study a lot of the the different uh, ideologies and everything in order to, to drive him through? Sure. So, um, for example, like Arc Five is kind of lampooning Dante's Inferno. I took an entire college course dedicated to breaking that book down, like line by line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like. You know, I'm very, very intimately versed in that book. I have a copy. I have my copy with my Cliff's Notes. I have my regular copy. I have the, um, the Italian copy. I have, like, all of my notes on it. I've got notebooks about it. So, like, and that's just one eight-page arc, you know. The next one is about voodoo, and I also took several classes in um, African tribal traditions in the New World, and I actually had um, a couple of sensitivity consultants on that one because I wanted to make sure that I did it right and that I'm not just, you know, yeah. satiring a serious culture and a part of somebody's heritage. I didn't want to do that because I feel like punching up is one thing, punching down is another. And, you know, a culture that is often punched down at is not something I want to punch down at. Yeah, voodoo gets treated like, you know, ooh, scary in a lot of pop culture. There's a lot of stereotypes. There's a lot more to it than that. And it's usually, I find that those stereotypes are almost always from people who don't even know that voodoo is a real thing. They only think that it's like, 
Hollywood movie witch doctors and casting spells on people you don't like. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you make a very good point there. I had a friend of mine visit New Orleans and bring me back some stuff, and I looked at her and I was like, N -n no. No, I don't. <laughs> we don't play with those things. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we don't, we don't play with those in this house. Um, I don't understand all of its meaning, and right. you know, there's a certain amount of energy in this house that we we don't want to mix things too much. Yeah, sure. I think that's really smart. I mean, from a from a standpoint of like, well, if this if there is something real to this, and I don't know and I mess up, I could really be messing things up, right? But then there's also just, like, cultural respect, right, right. for other people's heritage and how important that is, you know? Yeah. So there's multiple reasons why I tread very lightly there and very respectfully as best I can, you know? And all of the jokes have nothing to do with that. You know, that's not the butt of any of the jokes. Um, the butt of the jokes are mostly about Mr. Guy, Mr. Guy and how much of a kind of cute but, like, He's like a cute idiot, you know? <laughs> you know? Like, so the character of Mr. Guy is half goblin. Um, so we call him the half goblin, half wit. He's <laughs> I don't know if um, is swearing okay on this podcast. We try to stay away from it, but if you do, that's okay. Okay, well then, so there's, um, you know, F-boy is like a term that's <laughs> sometimes used for... People that, you know, you don't bring home to mom, but you bring home, you know, for one night, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so we sometimes call him half goblin, half F boy. And yeah. that's my swear free version of the descriptor. <laughs> I got you. Um, now, good. this is this. Mr. Guy, we talked about this in the past. There was another series earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it's been about two years, I think, since mm, we wow. kick started the first issue of the yeah. series. Oh, and this is the second issue? Yes. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a second series. No, although so that may be happening in the future. Each, <laughs> each issue is, has four different arcs, and each arc has a different artist. Yeah. So, I mean, they are kind of like, you know, issue one is like a little miniseries, and then issue two is like a little miniseries. So it sort of feels that way. Yeah. Okay. Issue three also will have four arcs, and it'll be a complete little series. Um so yeah, yeah. It takes a while getting these together because we're working with so many artists on it, right? Um, right. And also, you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one were a whole thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot. Well, that's <laughs> something. That's something I was wanting to ask because the last time we talked, the pandemic was kind of gearing up. You know, and it was uncertain waters. And I know you two. We talked about it. You were doing most of your work at conventions and getting the word work out there, finding people. Yeah. What what has been since we've talked, and what is it like right now? Because you haven't well, stopped. I, I get your messages all the time, and I see your promotions. You you haven't stopped, which I, I absolutely take my hat off, but I'd like to hear from you guys what it was like. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, um, we did realize that, you know, we didn't know if conventions would ever be a possibility again, and if mm. so, how long it would be, and we did realize that we, for every project, we'd get a bunch of audience members, but we didn't know how to keep people's interest very well, we didn't know how to, like, retain the energy that we generated, and it was like, each time we had a campaign, we were kind of starting over, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
And so we decided to go on a small hiatus from production and take some courses. We took uh, the comics launch course with Tyler James, and that was super, super elucidating. Um, that community, that group, and the classes, and you know Tyler's um, mentorship has definitely changed who we are as people as well as creators and marketers. Um, and I can't speak highly enough about it. And now we're taking more courses with other people and we're signed up for Russell Nolte's courses. And we realized like, you don't just put work out into the world and hope that if the work is good enough, it'll find its audience. Mm. No comic book has ever sprouted legs and gotten up and found the people who will like it. You know, like that's just not a thing that happens. But people always think like, oh, why is my thing failing? It must be because no one likes it. It must be because I'm terrible or unworthy. And I promise everybody has an audience. If they really work hard enough at honing their craft and finding their audience, they will. You know, um, but that takes a lot of learning. Yeah. Well, and we have been using conventions as a way of getting ourselves in front of new people for a while. Um, and then, you know, when the pandemic hit, that pretty much shut down. And we did try like a... a virtual convention or two but we just weren't it's just not the same you're not really getting in front of people's faces in the same way um and getting conversions from people at a virtual convention to actual sales is way harder than when you're in person and people can you know pick up a comic and flip through it um so we pretty much we've cut back on the conventions i myself am immune compromised so it hasn't hasn't really felt right yet to just put myself into a convention hall with, you know, thousands of people. Um, JL did go to a convention in May. It was awesome. I had so much fun and immediately got COVID. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even and ideal... So I didn't see Lindsay for two weeks and it was terrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even under ideal circumstances, you go to a convention, they always have the con crud. Right. You know, I yeah, mean... Even under ideal circumstances. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry you got it, but that's... You know, and it's smart if if you've got an immune deficiency. <laughs> you're you're very smart what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've we've been hanging back from conventions and basically through the courses that we ended up taking, we learned a lot more about, you know, newsletter promotions. Um and that's been our main focus for the past year or so. Okay. Uh, because a newsletter is like, you know, you're getting people to opt in on their own terms to the newsletter. They can opt out if they want. And they can opt out anytime they want to. But it's also a way of keeping yourself front of mind with the people who are interested in what you're doing. So we've been focusing on the newsletter and putting out Kickstarter after Kickstarter after Kickstarter for all of our different projects, um, keeping ourselves busy. And, you know, hopefully the, the goal is that as Oneshi Press, we do a lot of different projects of different types. And we're hoping that pretty much everyone who ends up on our mailing list will have at least one of those projects that really speaks to them, that they can then find something to really like in the next project and the next project. Um, So that's actually been doing really well for us. And frankly, you know, we're spending some money on on keeping the newsletter going. Um, It's not a free situation, but it costs a lot less than traveling from Missoula, Montana to literally anywhere for a convention. With a crate of books, no less, you know? Yeah. And then room and board and food and all that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and then you get to the convention and you're like, ooh, I need that. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're spending the money as you make it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, don't look over there. We don't need any more awesome <laughs> statues. Just sit at our table. God dang it, I looked. <laughs> Which card can I put that on? So as we're talking right now, you got 29 days left to go on the Kickstarter. Um, you got 120, uh, yeah, 121 backers at the moment, and you guys have some cool rewards. I want to ask about this though, the Mister Guy pop figure. Oh yeah. What? <laughs> so did you guys do this yourselves? Did you have somebody design this for you? This is by um, a good friend, Viet Nguyen, and he does custom pops. And uh, he did one for Tracy Queen, yeah. and we made it a giveaway. And we had so many people commenting that they want that Funko, that like it boosted our reach with the campaign. Oh, and yeah. so that's what we're doing again. This is a giveaway where all you have to do is just comment on our campaign what you like about it and that you want that Funko, and you're entered to win. And if it's you win, we'll mail it to you. Simple as that. Yep, yeah. It's as simple as that. And if you're a backer, um, at whatever level you've backed at, like they're all numbered tiers, you know, whatever level you back at, you get that many extra entries. But only if you leave that comment, right? So if you left that comment, you get one free entry, and then you back at tier three, now you get three extra. So now you have four entries, four chances right. to win. So. Yeah. so, yeah, for anyone who is listening and, you know, can't scroll the website at this moment, um, the Mr. Guy Funko Pop is obviously a Funko Pop, little sculpture of it's Mr. So cool. Guy. He's a little green half-goblin dude. He's got pointy ears and very nice slicked-back dark green hair. Mm-hmm. He has a scar across the middle of his face. He's wearing a very dapper suit, but one sleeve is ripped off, and you can see Spooky, his sidekick, is living in his arm. It's yeah. all gnarly looking. Um, and he's holding a mug of Tarmux coffee, which is his favorite brand of coffee. <laughs> All right, you segued into it. Um, I hate to get away from Mr. Guy, but Rook and I were talking about it. I've seen that you've been promoting coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tarmux Coffee has been in pretty much all of our comics, all of our stories. We always find ways to work it in. It's Tracy Queen's favorite coffee brand. She can't go more than five minutes without it once she discovers it. Um, patients from the pack, he's always meeting up with um, Officer McHaggard at Tarmux. And, you know, the whole precinct is always drinking Tarmux. And, you know, um, there's just Tarmux is like ubiquitous throughout the Oneshiverse. And, um, we decided, like, hey, let's see if we can make a Kickstarter to make some merch. Maybe we can make some Tarmux cups, you know? And so we were talking about that idea and a couple other creators, um, Travis Gibb and Joey Galvez, separately, both were like, you know, comics on coffee. You could actually get comic uh, Tarmux made. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> and just, like, bells and light bulbs and... You know, they all started, the alarms were like, all right, we're doing this. So uh, We had already planned to do a Kickstarter specifically to get the mugs made. And we were planning to mostly focus on the mugs and have a little comic to go along with it. And then we found out that we could actually get coffee made. So it turned into this whole big thing. And now we have a lot of coffee that we're going to work into. So that's going to be part of future campaigns. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have coffee available on everything we do for a while. <laughs> and we were talking to Tanya from from um, 
Comic San Coffee, and you know the the coffee that we ordered actually from uh, Honduras is nearby where she grew up by this actual farm, and it's direct trade, paying the actual farmers directly for the product. So there's no middlemen, there's no corporations, there's no one taking a cut. There's right. you know she buys it directly from the farmers. They send it directly to her, and then roasted here in the U.S., packaged and sent to us, and we send it out to our backers. And so super high end coffee, like yeah, we didn't know that when fancy. we decided to do it, and then it turned out it, it's excellent. So win win. Yeah, yeah. I uh, very I um I worked with a lot of people from Colombia, and one thing yeah. they were telling me was when they go home, they would bring back as much coffee as they could possibly carry. And I, I said, well, they advertise here on TV all the time, Colombian coffee. And they'd always say, it didn't matter who you were talking to, not the same. It's not uh, the same. <laughs> yeah, so I was wondering yeah. about it. If you're getting it directly from the farmers, that must be something. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very special. It's grown. Um, so, like, legally, we can't say it's certified organic because um, the farm, is the farm you know, if they want to be certified... They have to pay someone from from the, you know, organic certification agency. They have to pay their airfare, pay for them to stay, pay for them to oh watch the entire process and pay. They just you're just paying out the nose like the entire time to get the certification. And that would just shut down their farm. Right. So but the coffee is, you know. It's fertilized and pollinated by bats that live in the area. So, like, if they used any kinds of chemicals on it, the bats would die, like, immediately. So, like, you know, it's 100%, like, natural, naturally grown. Um, it's super cool. I'm really excited about it. Nice. Now, nice on this, is that just a, a Kickstarter item, or can you buy this on the site? Because I was under the impression you guys are selling it normally. So, we made it a Kickstarter and now it's also included on the Mr. Guy Kickstarter. So it had its own Kickstarter. It's included on the Mr. Guy Kickstarter. And once we have it in hand, we will eventually make it available oh, also yeah. directly through our website. Yeah. There's, that might take a little while. Though. There's quite a turnaround time on it. You have to get yeah. the bags printed and then the coffee roasted and fill the bags. So uh, we're still waiting on it. But we're really excited for when it does come in, hopefully like toward the end hmm. of this year. I think. Nice. So the bags could be collectible as well. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got that uh, Cthulhu Tarmux logo on. Yeah. <laughs> and for coffee that's pollinated and fertilized by bats, I feel like it's like just, it's all right on brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tarmux started out as a joke. Like, we wanted to have a large corporate coffee chain similar to one that exists in our real world, which we will not mention because we don't want to get sued. Um, but JL decided to come up with this logo that would like, be... like, well, we need a nautical theme, so it's like, let's huh. go with an... What's, like, the most mythical nautical thing that would be the antithesis of the logo we're all familiar with? And it was like, Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. so we, we made the Cthulhu logo, like, ten years ago, and just put it into our stories because we thought it'd be funny to have this chain that's kind of everywhere. Yeah. You know, like, yes. taking over every neighborhood slowly but surely... Um, and so that's that logo is on the bag and on the cup, and we got little like enamel pins made, all kinds. They're of really things. awesome. Yeah. We even have like a little Lego minifigure or so Lego fun. compatible yes. minifigure. Right. Sorry, <laughs> um, I guess 
Uh, you can't see that because it's a podcast, but, <laughs> but I swear it's really cool. Um, anybody who wants to see this stuff, go to their site, go to their Instagram. It's all there for you guys to see. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, gotta go see this stuff because it's great. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, my son's actually a huge Cthulhu fan, so awesome. when I saw that, I sent it to him, and I'm pretty sure he backed it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Cthulhu's so, really hot right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been yeah. for a while, too. Yeah, I'm not really sure, like, what happened there, but I feel like right now, Cthulhu's, like, the big thing. We told Jail's nephew that we had a Cthulhu... Oh yeah, he was like, "What?" I was like, "You know who Cthulhu is?" And he was like, "I love Cthulhu." I was like, "What?" Okay. Yeah, I, it's, um, I, I saw an article recently that said that um, the H.P. Lovecraft's uh, stories are the next big chain of, of uh, blockbuster movies to come out. Oh, interesting. Uh, I heard a while ago that they were trying to get Guillermo del Toro to direct um, At the Mountains of Madness, but it fell through. Yeah, yeah. And it was mysterious as to why, or if maybe he'd come back to the table, but I'd be very into seeing that. Yeah, that, that would definitely be cool. Um, but, so, uh, Kickstarter-wise, you guys have some great deals on here for everybody, uh, you know, getting both, both issues and everything. Is there... Is there something on the Kickstarter that you really want to point out that you that you think everybody needs to really look at? That's amazing because listen, all the deal. I'm looking at the Kickstarter, going, "Well, I want this one. Oh no, that one's good. No, no, that one's good." <laughs> well, I've got a, a great segue, which is that uh, Cthulhu actually does appear in Mister Guy Act Two. I'm not going to say any more than that. But we have a very specific um, imagining of Cthulhu that appeared in the Tarmux comic and on that campaign and he makes a cameo so just putting that out there act two keep it in mind folks yeah, mr guy does actually meet the cthulhu from our tarmux comic yeah very fun <laughs> um, yeah so we always try to what we do when we're making our um reward tiers is we add up what all of these items would sell um retail and then we always make the tier cheaper than that so that people are getting um a significant you know uh i I guess it would yeah discount right thank you i was gonna say coupon and i was like no that's not the word you get a significant (laughs) discount um by backing through kickstarter and one of them is you can actually get our library of comics Uh, Mm. either digital or top tier you get them in print so that's like everything you know all 11 of our previous comics anthologies, and some of them are quite hefty. Um, And then our first three issues of Tracy Queen and the first three issues of Pack. I mean, it's it's a pretty awesome bundle. Yeah, you can get a gigantic box like packed full of comics (laughs) if you want. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Um, the first time we talked about you guys, uh, you sent us a a sampler pack. It had Pack and Tracy Queen and um, some others. I was really surprised at the diversity, how many things then, since then I've seen you guys have carried on with the series. Um, if you do get this, that's a, that's a massive amount of material to, to read and collect. Yeah, especially with the anthologies. We've, we're now working on our 12th comics anthology. Mm. Uh, so anyone who gets all of the anthologies through this campaign will be getting 11 comics anthologies, which is just 
a lot of work by a lot of people, and it's really From all awesome. over the world, all different they walks keep of life. Cooler. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The first time we read it, what I, I enjoyed, I remember you had a, an illustrated poem. Um, I oh, haven't, yeah. Right. yeah. I haven't seen that kind of stuff since the early 80s, if you read comics. Um, I found I really enjoyed that immensely. Um, awesome. Thank there, you. There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, the stuff that I've read, I haven't read everything, but if you do yeah. pick this up, there, there's a lot. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot to read and enjoy. I mean, robust pace. <laughs> <laughs> we want to pick words with positive connotations. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> um, we also, on this campaign, I want to point out, have Mr. Guy's socks. Uh, when JL was designing Mr. Guy on his live stream on oh, Twitch. Oh, you can't see this. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Where can see JL decided to make Mr. Guy's socks like the ugliest socks you could imagine. That was the goal. So he was like on live stream and getting, you know, ideas from people who were watching as to how to make them ugly. And when he finished them, everybody was like, I kind of love the socks. <laughs> so uh, they they now appear in like almost every arc and most images of Mr. Guy. And we just decided to get them actually made. Um, so we have, I think, not that many left. There's probably about 30 pairs of his socks left. And I can attest, like, I wear my pair a lot. They're really comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and very fashionable. And they have Mr. Guy's Zombie Hunter written on the bottom of the sole. So um, I, that's probably my favorite item in the campaign. I, you know, you guys you guys got me on that one because I didn't even see the sock thing yet on here. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Like, I'm it's scrolling through it now going, where's the socks? Where's the socks? <laughs> well, they're in there. And the image that's on the Kickstarter campaign of the socks is of Mr. of Mr. <laughs> wearing Mr. Guy's socks. So you can add foot model to his... Uh, <laughs> yeah, his put that on my CV. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, you guys had a whole bunch of different illustrators, colorists, uh, all kinds of people working on this too. Uh, now the book is 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 done, ready to go. You're just you're looking for the backers. Uh, yeah. How long is it, did it take you guys to get this this one together? We started this one um, not long after we finished the first one, so we've been. Kind of getting the pieces together for the last almost two years. Yeah. Yeah, we we took the hunt for the right illustrator for each arc pretty seriously. Jail spent a while figuring out who was right for which arc. In almost every case, I wrote the arcs with an illustrator in mind and then tried to get that specific illustrator. And in a few cases where I could not, um, and then I found someone else, I went back in and retooled it to fit that person's sensibilities. I really wanted the artist to know that I like and respect them as a person mm -hmm. and that I'm familiar with them and their work and that I share some kind of, you know, um, humor with them. And this way, when they're working on it, it's not just another job, you know, to none of these, I would say none of these illustrators felt or expressed any kind of sense of like, Okay, job well done. I'm out. Like yeah. <laughs> at the end, like everybody's invested and in love with Mr. Guy, you know, right. and in love with the story. And it's that's too careful crafting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if in love with Mr. Guy. He's you know he's he's no everyone's in lovable, love with Mr. Guy, but but not like <laughs> let me give my heart to you. He doesn't give off that vibe. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, 
<laughs> He's an F boy. Love is uh. <laughs> What is hey, that? F-boys get love eventually. Really batting or a good sense of humor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an old saying, but it should be. We're starting it now. Okay. Okay. It will be an old saying. Someday. One day. There you go. There you go. So, and, you know, uh, keeping with you guys uh, said uh, you wanted working with positivity. You guys are doing something really cool with this. You're planting trees for every backer. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. That is such a cool thing. I, we are so happy about that part of what we're doing right now. Um, so I've always been like a tree person. Jail's a tree person, too. We're big into trees. And uh, a few years ago, I I don't know how, um, I came across OneTreePlanted.org, which is an organization where you can basically get a tree planted for a dollar and they have teams that go out all around the world, basically finding places that need reforestation badly and planting indigenous trees to that area there. Um, so I started like, you know, when like people's birthdays would come around, I would buy them 25 trees. Um, and so I've been doing that for a while. And earlier this year, JL was like, why don't we make this part of our business? Because it's important to both of us personally, um, because, you know, trees are cornerstones of ecosystems yeah. and they also sequester carbon they clean the air it's they're so important um well, we could go on about what they do so many parts of the environment people have no idea like trees inland mainland trees affect things that are going out going on in the middle of the ocean yeah. and like yeah. such direct ways but like it's just stuff we don't learn about you know and and trees are one of the best ways to counter climate change um obviously they need some time to get to their full potential but if we'll just let trees do their thing they can help us out a lot so you know personally that's very important to us but also you know as a company we print things on paper and that's also very important to us we really like having physical books we don't Mm want to be a digital only company um so jl suggested that we start working it into our business model that every time we publish something we plant a bunch of trees Um, So the easiest, quickest way to make that happen was every single backer on every single one of our campaigns gets a tree planted in their honor. So, you know, if we have 20 backers on a campaign, great, 20 trees. If we have 2,000 backers on a campaign, awesome, 2,000 backers, or 2,000 trees, rather. So that's our ongoing commitment. I I absolutely love that, especially living in an area which is being just overdeveloped and we actually have a nature preserve that's been ruined and turned into housing oh Uh, no i'm so sorry to hear that that's awful but so to see something like that that's that's absolutely beautiful i love that you guys are doing that and including that in the campaign and like i said i i you know you you mentioned keeping things at the positive level that that right there considering you know Anybody who is into comics in any way, shape, or form knows we're using so much paper to do this. So the only way to continue to do that is to do something like this. And I really applaud you guys for that. That is fantastic. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited about it. I mean, there's, I feel like there's, there's so many places you can look right now and feel so despairing about so many things that are happening in the world. You know, it's a scary time to be alive, but um, I don't know. Despair doesn't help. Yeah. So, it's a time for heroes. 
It's, yeah. it's not something to despair. It's something to feel called for. It's something, it's a calling, you know, and not everyone will answer it, but the people who do will hopefully inspire others to as well. And to that end, I mean, the amount of other creators that we've had write to us directly in our direct messages and say like, Jay, Lindsay, what you guys are doing is so cool. I want to do that on my next campaign. Is that, is that cool with you? And we're like, what do you mean? Is it cool with me? It's awesome. That's why we're doing it. You know, like, of course, the more people that do this, the better. So it's not just about what we can do. It's also about what we can make fashionable, what we can put in vogue, what we can convince others to do, what we can pave the way for. Right. And also, like, you know, make it easy for people. Hey, if you like this comic book, awesome. Guess what? You also get a tree planted in your honor. Like, let's, you know, put the power that people do already have in their hands and make it feel more attainable to them. It's also worth mentioning that we do pay a little bit extra to have our comics printed here in the States on FSC certified mixed paper, which is a mixture of recycled or sustainably forested and harvested. So the paper itself that we're using is also, you know, uh, it's good. You know, it's good paper and it's great quality and we feel good about it. And it's not being shipped from the other side of the world using tons of gasoline, you know, like... It's yeah. from right nearby, you know. Uh, awesome. We're just trying to hit all the check boxes, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, look. In one campaign, <laughs> in one campaign, we're talking about like an awesome comic book. We're talking about awesome coffee. We're talking about planting trees. I mean, you guys, you guys are hitting all the boxes. How? Everybody, come on, just start off the podcast. Go back to campaign. Come back to us in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you back? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Love it, guys. So what comes next after this one for you guys? You guys got some more plans coming down? Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, always. always. Our next campaign after this will be toward the end of this year, and it will be for our 12th anthology. So uh, we're teaming up with, honestly, I'm not even sure how many creators this time around. Probably around three dozen creators uh, to print, I think we're at about 140 pages of short comics. Uh, The destination, or the the theme is destinations. So all the comics have some sort of destination situation worked into them. Um, And that'll include three comics that we have written, I believe. Mm -hmm. They're all being illustrated by not us. Um, So that's really exciting. That's the first time we've done it that way. And then, I don't know, 10 or 12 other comics by other people all around the world from all different kinds of uh, backgrounds. And we're really, really excited. Actually, today, the day that we're recording this, is the due date for finished pages. So, like, as we're talking, I'm probably getting emails yeah. full of My comics. My phone keeps going <laughs> off, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably another one. Yeah, it's <laughs> really exciting. Yeah, over here multitasking, doing, doing a podcast, getting ready. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It, you know, I, I got to tell you guys. You know, you are you're always so busy, always doing so much. Um, you know, it, you guys talked about that. You took a little bit of time, a little hiatus, but yet you. It, I don't think you did. It sounds like you <laughs> for us, it felt like a hiatus. <laughs> it was like, oh, we're only doing like two things at a time for the for the yeah. next couple months. You know? It was pretty cool though. Uh, for what I understand, in the beginning, you were drawing stories as well. Am I correct? Am I remembering incorrectly? Yeah, so um, for a lot of our stories, Lindsay writes and I illustrate. Yeah. Uh, Some of them we both write, 
some of them I write. Um, I'm still regularly putting time aside for illustration. Oh, okay. He's had a bit of a break from illustrating, though, because this issue of Mr. Guy was not illustrated by him, and right. then the upcoming anthology obviously is not all illustrated by him. <laughs> Although I did illustrate a lot of art that is in Mr. Guy. Yes. So there's right. actually... You know, probably just as much art by me in this book as if I had done um, my own, you know, eight-page arc in it. Right. So, yeah. We really started loving the experience of writing something and seeing what how somebody else interprets what we've written. Um, I think when we both started, it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Jail was the first illustrator that I ever worked with for something that I had written. And... It was tough at first because he would just come up with, a, you know, he had a vision that was different from mine, obviously. Right. Uh, but we got used to that dynamic and started working together really well. And since then, I've started sending scripts off to other people. And it's just so cool to see your your idea come to life through somebody else's hands. Like, I, I really love that process at this point. And so we're both doing more of that. It's something... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to add, or, you know, kind of cap that off with saying, like, I, I feel like in this industry, if you can't relinquish a little bit of control, yeah. um, and if you can't allow for something to come out a little differently than you imagined, you're probably not going to get very far in this industry. That's you know, right. like, if you well write something and imagine the whole page, you need it to be that way, right. you're going to end up very disappointed. You know. Well, that's something, uh, it always interests me, and whenever we have creators come on, I'm always asking that question, and it's not to stir, stir up the pot and bring up unpleasant memories. It's something that interests me, was maybe getting back something that you weren't thinking. Um, you always have a, an idea in your head, but sometimes, um, say if you're writing it, and the artist sends something different to you, Sometimes that's a launch pad to, you know, another idea. This is okay, that wasn't what I was thinking, but I kind of like that. And you, you kind of work between them. Uh, we've had some creators come on that I guess the artists completely understand what they're doing and everything they got was exactly what they wanted. And I've, we've had some people come on and they do talk about that, that they brought a different approach and they liked it. I was just curious, being an artist, what it's like to get word back that you didn't draw I mean oh I love it it's so much fun for me um, I mean I love collaborating in right. general you know but seeing a character that I designed and seeing many different iterations of that character drawn by different artists that I respect and admire um, it just feels like such an intimate bond to be sharing with someone Yeah, uh, it really is like you know, like you could go out on a date with someone and that can feel like a romantic bond. But like someone drawing my character, that's also an equally strong a romantic bond. And it is something that to me is very deep and personal. Mm-hmm. And seeing how somebody made something I created into something that they are now creating is just so it's an experience that I don't know if I could put into words, but I love it. And it's no. my, one of my favorite things. Yeah, that so, makes yeah. sense. It's also, you know, you're talking about going to conventions compared to, you know, sending out newsletters. 
both are good, but there is one thing, and that's contact with other people. You know, you feel an energy in a crowd, you know, or just an energy of you and a person in a store talking. That's something I really missed when, when we were in isolation. I worked in the public every day. I was always out there, but I missed going to the movies. I missed going to restaurants. You know, I mean, I, you know, you could get takeout and stuff. I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad thing, but I missed, yeah. you know, going to the comic store and hanging out and talking to the guy in the store. You know, um, and the collaboration seems to be the same way. I was just, that's something that's curious because I noticed you've been writing a lot, which is something. Um, a lot of artists cannot write. Um, some of them do. But I've noticed that artists that do write tend to start writing a lot more for other people, and I just wondered what that experience would be like. Well, what's it like going back and drawing your own stories again? Is it have you, has your perspective changed since then, or? Yeah, I think I learn a lot from other people, seeing yeah. how other people would do things that I had an idea in my mind. How someone else does it differently shows me that there are um, possibilities and variations in approach and that I should be mindful of that when I'm creating something and everybody has their library of tricks and when you're working with somebody you get to see their library of tricks and now it's like a shared library you can take yeah. out tools that you learned from someone else little techniques that somebody else used it's like you saw it, now it's part of you. It's not stealing or copying. You can't help it if you learned from what someone else did. Right. It's now just one of your one of your tools, one of your tricks, you know. Um, and I like to give that back also. Whenever I'm working with artists, I always, if I have a critique or an idea, I always talk to them about it as if we're having a fun, creative conversation and here's what I'm thinking. What do you think of this? And explain my reasoning and my thinking and then we get into conversations where both of us at the end have learned something and now the art that we're creating together will be better than it would have been without having had that conversation hmm. you know well said go have a cup of coffee man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it that, uh, yeah that 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 is really cool the way you look at that that is yeah. awesome have you have you ever had somebody send back a piece of art and you look at it and you're like, that's a really cool flourish to my character and I want to use that from now on? Have you have you had stuff like that happen as well? Um, I kind of think that it's impossible for that not to happen. Like it just you know if you're working with people you like and they're drawing something of yours like. It's it's impossible for that not to like inspire the next thing that you write or draw or work on or whatever it is, you know, like yeah, for me I would say absolutely. I think that's an, an inherent part of the benefit of collaboration. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> we have one eight-page uh, story that I wrote um for this upcoming anthology that hasn't come back in yet, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what comes back. <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. dying to see it. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Now, in the past... Have you got any preview pages of that yet? Uh, oh, not yet. Uh, I'm 
I'm on pins and needles. I just emailed, <laughs> I emailed the artist a little bit earlier today and was like, so you're going to show me what you did? Like, see, is this podcast over? Go check. All right. Email, yeah, email. right. Hopefully she's emailing me right now. We'll see. <laughs> In the past, you guys have sent out calls for submissions for Unleashy Press. Uh, are you still looking for creators, for you know, illustrators, artists, any of that? So, generally, right after um, a call for submission, we'll be working on that anthology. Mm-hmm. And it won't usually be until after that anthology is out into the world that we'll then put out our next call for submissions. But we do always have our next call for submissions. Um, so we're not like looking to, to hire people and keep them like in our living room right. as like all the time, you know, artists. Make art for me, slaves. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that. That was an example from Lindsay of what we are not we're saying. Not doing. Um, what we are doing is, you know, we're inviting people to collaborate on our next anthology. Um, and it is very much a co-op style collaboration. Like, we'll get your work printed. You get to keep ownership of your work. You can have it printed elsewhere later. You can buy as many copies as, as you want at wholesale and sell them full price. Um, we'll even work towards getting you, you know, bonuses and stuff like that, you know. Um, but we're not buying things from people. Right. You know, and a lot of times people, when they think of submitting, they're like, oh, here's my idea for this 72,000 page, you know, (laughs) opus series. And I'm like, that's awesome. Good luck. (laughs) Listen, everybody that reads comic books always has a giant opus in mind. And, um, and there's no, no plan to finish it, but it's massive. And I'll be honest with you. I love that. I never buy it from them, but I love the fact that everybody has a giant, space opera opus <laughs> it's great you know it's great I don't want to discourage that I just that. finished mine awesome tell us more about it uh, it's a D&D game awesome <laughs> uh, yeah, we just finished six years of a D&D campaign that I wrote uh, amazing based off of uh, a band from Canada called Unleash the Archers and uh, wow it, it's like relieving and then like stressful because I'm like <laughs> What's next? What's yeah. next? Yeah, wow. Yeah, what is next? Are you going to do another one? Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's we. Uh, me and one of the players actually just uh, recorded a show about it. Uh, I think we got very off topic and didn't uh, get the points across, but <laughs> it, it was fun. It was fun to talk about. But yeah, we're we're starting up uh, October, beginning of October. We're back at it. We're we're we're. They've done strange, weird things to the world, and it's it's collaboration and cooperative storytelling at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have an interesting, I think, circle back and connection. Um, so, you know, what we were talking about with somebody having this huge 72,000-page comic story in mind, my first thing that I always tell people is, make an eight-pager that yeah. just introduces one little slice of life in that world. Mm-hmm. The reason being, if you can't finish an eight-pager, you absolutely cannot finish the 72,000-page right. story. Yeah, but yeah. also, you don't really know what you want that 72,000-page story to look like until you see what you did and what you did not like about your eight-pager. So, like, do the eight-pager first. Yeah. You know, 
do the eight page story first start there let that be your training wheels let that be your proof of concept let that be your training manual like every like just do the eight pager but also how that connects back to the um the D campaign is that actually we've been wanting to do a tabletop rpg for children of gaia for like decades now hmm. but that's our fantasy but we don't better. like it's <laughs> such a huge series and we don't want to just not knowing what we're doing, break out into a huge tabletop RPG and fall on our face because we lack the understanding of it. So what we're doing is um, in February, we're doing a small one-off game that's like a zine. And it's very much just like a dice roll, like get through this one scenario um, as these different characters. It's kind of a simulation, you know? And then we're going to start doing a couple more just a little short, like, basically these are like the eight pages of our RPG concept, yeah. you know? Okay. Um, and I always, we're always looking to see who we can talk to uh, for ideas, feedback, test plays, um, you know, things like that. So, yeah. very cool. Yeah. That's another thing that's coming up is February. Yeah. We're doing a COG RPG. Next, next. Next, next. It's sort of like a more like a board game than an RPG, I would say, um, in the sense that like you're rolling dice to see if you can beat these bad guys who you're also rolling dice for, or another player is rolling dice for them, um, and you either survive or don't based on your strategies. Uh, but it's a lot less about like I am this character, I feel this way, this is my line. So it's not directly role playing, you know. Okay, all right, but but it's going to be a tabletop game. Probably yeah. have like a board and, and figures and everything to it. You know, I'm designing it. But it can be played without anything, but I'm really uh, keeping the possibility of stretch goals that might lead to a board, and then like another stretch goal that leads to like custom dice, and another stretch goal <laughs> that leads to little minis. Like that's definitely going to be part of it. Mm. Nice. Nice. Ah, there you go, everybody. There's something to keep your eye out for. <laughs> so, where can everybody find you on the internet? Where? What's all the the apps for you guys? So we are Oneshi Press, pretty much everywhere. O N E S H I P R E S S at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's pretty much it. Yeah, I now, mean, now the Tumblr is not a thing anymore. We have a Tumblr, I guess, I but guess. like you know, I don't know. Maybe it's doing something. Um, I guess some people use Tumblr still, right? I, guess so. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and and you can get to all of our other websites. We have pretty much websites for every story, every series. Um, but right now, the most important. Uh, URL is kickstarter.oneshipress.com which will take you to Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter X 1 and 2 live on Kickstarter um, it'll be up until October 6th I believe fantastic fantastic guys as always thank you guys so much for coming on the show you know it's a pleasure. You guys are always so busy, even with taking a hiatus, apparently. That I <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Um, Brooke, Don, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for having us on your show. Thanks for the, the great, insightful questions. Yeah. Like, you, you know a bit about us. That's really awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, 
and I really just, you know, I appreciate um, you, you wanting to have us back, and I hope that you'll want to have us back again sometime. Yeah, thank you for you know, sharing your time and your platform. Thank you very much, guys. I will say, you've gotten a little more interesting than the last time, which was quite good, too. So so keep making yourselves better. Amazing. We, we promise to do our best to be even more interesting next time. Achievement unlocked. All right. Um, anybody listen, if you like to draw, we're always looking for fake comic book covers to use to announce the new episodes on the Facebook page and the Facebook group. We can't pay you for it because we make no money, but you'll live on in infamy. And if you allow us to, we'll add it to the cover gallery of the blog. Um, if you're any kind of musician, singer, performance artist, uh, we're always looking for MP3s to play in a music break. We don't have music breaks when we have a guest, but we do when it's just us. Um, people really enjoy these things, and as I always bring up, Rook is really tired of me playing the same bands over and over and over again. So please do me a favor. Also, we have a t-shirt, or two t-shirts actually, it's on the sidebar of the blog. It's not to make money, it's just to raise money for the hosting fee. So, if you listen to the show, wear the shirt. Rook? Everybody check us out online, bunchofdorks.com, click on that little cyclops. Uh, we're also on YouTube, which I promise eventually I'll start posting more on. <laughs> but until next time... Read. More... Comics.